0: Welcome to NTD News Today, I'm Kevin Hogan. Let's take a look at our top stories. Deadly shootings over the weekend outside a nightclub in Tennessee and in a popular entertainment district in Philadelphia. We have the details. Bipartisan gun legislation is in the works, but will it be popular enough to get the 60 or more votes needed to pass the Senate? The White House says inflation is a top priority and that they will explore a number of options. The President and First Lady will also attend the Summit of the Americas this week. More deadly shootings in America over the weekend, including in Pennsylvania and Tennessee. It sounds like multiple gunmen were involved in both. It's unclear if the shootings were gang-related or not. NTD's Jessica Beatty has more.
1: This is the scene after gunfire broke out in downtown Philadelphia late Saturday night. Police said several active shooters fired into a crowd, killing at least three people and injuring 11 others.
2: Yesterday was a dark day for Philadelphia.
1: A surveillance video from the shooting shows people in the popular South Street Entertainment District running in panic. Philadelphia police said a physical altercation between two men led to the shooting.
2: These individuals eventually began firing at one another, with both being struck, one fatally. We also believe that the two other decedents, as well as a number of other shooting victims, were uninvolved in the initial altercation.
1: They said one gunman was likely shot and wounded, but escaped police. In all, police said at least five guns were likely used by multiple shooters no arrests as of Sunday night. And in Chattanooga, Tennessee, three people are dead and at least 14 injured after a gunfight outside a nightclub Sunday morning. Police say multiple shooters were involved. Mayor Tim Kelly says they hope to have some suspects in custody soon.
3: We're fortunate in that this appears to
4: be driven by a small number of people, uh, no less tragic, however.
1: Police say some victims were hit by bullets, others by vehicles fleeing the chaos. The motive for the shooting is unclear. And over in Wisconsin, the state's Department of Justice has identified the man who allegedly shot and killed a former judge as 56-year-old Douglas Udy. Court records show the judge had previously sentenced Udy to six years in prison for armed burglary. Udy's accused of entering the home of retired judge John Romer Friday morning and killing him. Officials say they found Udy in the judge's basement with an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. He was hospitalized in critical condition. Jessica Beatty, NTD News.
0: Democratic Senator Chris Murphy says he's confident but anxious about the bipartisan gun control legislation he's working on with Republicans. Murphy says there's a high chance of success on finding some common ground, but feels the consequences of failure are more significant than ever. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg tells us why a test of the federal
5: government.
6: Senator Murphy says he is sober-minded, having been part of failed negotiations in the past. The Democratic senator says there are now more Republicans at the table talking about changing gun laws and investing in mental health since recent mass shootings shocked the
5: nation. There's just a deep, deep fear for our children right now. And also a fear that government is so fundamentally broken that it can't put politics aside. To guarantee the one thing that matters most to adults in this country the physical safety of their children.
6: Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says he wants a deal this week. While Murphy doesn't know if it will be possible to vote this week, he hopes to have concepts to present to colleagues and make decisions toward a sustainable package within the next five days.
5: Right now, we aren't exchanging offers between both sides. We are writing a piece of legislation together, collaboratively.
6: Murphy says he doesn't want competing proposals on the Senate floor and is looking to gain support from both parties when it comes
5: time to vote. We're trying to figure out what can get 60 to 70 votes in the Senate. More
6: President Joe Biden has claimed the Second Amendment is not absolute and urged Congress to ban so-called assault weapons. Biden also suggested restrictions on 9mm handguns, although the White House later walked back his comments. Murphy made it clear he thinks Biden should let Democrats negotiate with
5: their Republican colleagues themselves. Um, I've talked to the White House every single day um, since these negotiations began, but right now the Senate needs to handle these negotiations.
6: According to Murphy, Biden's proposed ban on so called assault weapons is not part of the bipartisan common ground he seeks.
5: We are not going to put a piece of legislation on the table that's going to ban assault weapons.
6: Murphy says he senses Republicans are aware the public needs definitive answers and won't stand in the way of common sense measures if they want to get reelected.
5: WE'RE TALKING ABOUT A MEANINGFUL CHANGE IN OUR GUN LAWS, A MAJOR INVESTMENT IN MENTAL HEALTH, PERHAPS SOME MONEY FOR SCHOOL SECURITY, THAT WOULD MAKE A DIFFERENCE.
6: Red FLAG LAWS, TIGHTENED BACKGROUND CHECKS FOR GUN BUYERS THAT COULD INCLUDE JUVENILE RECORDS, AND POSSIBLY RAISING THE AGE LIMIT FROM 18 TO 21 TO BUY SEMI-AUTOMATIC WEAPONS ARE ON THE TABLE.
5: I ALSO AGREE THAT WE'RE NOT GOING TO DO ANYTHING That compromises people's Second Amendment rights. We're not going to do anything that compromises the ability of a law abiding American to be able to buy a weapon.
6: Calling it a test of democracy, Murphy says it's also a test for the federal government to deliver during a moment of fierce anxiety among the American public.
5: I think the possibility of success is better than ever before, but I think the consequences of failure for our entire democracy are more significant than ever.
6: Out of the proposals in the package, Murphy thinks red flag laws, laws that allow guns to be taken away temporarily from individuals deemed a threat to themselves or others following a court order, are the most important. He says it's not just about getting more states to pass red flag laws, but helping states implement them with proper funding. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News.
0: Friends and family are mourning the death of a Texas man and his four grandsons who were killed by an escaped convict. Authorities say 66-year-old Mark Collins and his grandsons, ranging in age from 11 to 18, were killed by convicted murderer Gonzalo Lopez, who stole their pickup truck and later died in a shootout with authorities. The family's pastor described the family as having the greatest character, the deepest faith, and unrelenting kindness and love. The Collins family said in a statement, These precious people who loved and were loved by so many will never be forgotten. Authorities believe Lopez confronted the family on Thursday. The Leon County Sheriff's Office has not specified how they were killed. The leader of a Mexican church pleads guilty. California Attorney General Rob Bonta announced he had secured a guilty plea and conviction on multiple felony counts of sexual assault against the head of a Mexico-based evangelical church that claims more than one million followers worldwide. Naysan Joaquin Garcia is the leader of the Guadalajara-based church known as La Luz del Mundo or Light of the World. He pled guilty to the counts involving three separate minors. The conviction comes ahead of the trial, which was set to begin today. Sentencing is currently scheduled for Wednesday. According to prosecutors, five victims, some of them minors, alleged that they were raped or otherwise sexually abused by Garcia. Prosecutors also cited a video in which Garcia is seen watching while a young boy has sex with a member of his own family. Internet sites say the church has between 1 million and 5 million followers worldwide in more than 50 countries, including many followers in the United States. This week, President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will be attending the ninth Summit of the Americas in Los Angeles. It's an event that brings together government officials worldwide. Among the issues on the agenda, economic prosperity. That's an issue that the White House is also placing high on its own to-do list.
4: President Joe Biden says the U.S. is ready for a new phase of stable, steady growth coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic. ALTHOUGH THE LABOR DEPARTMENT SAYS THE COUNTRY ADDED 390,000 JOBS IN MAY AND THE UNEMPLOYMENT RATE HELD STEADY AT 3.6%, NOT EVERYONE SEES THE ECONOMIC GLASS AS HALF FULL. THAT
7: HURRICANE IS RIGHT OUT THERE DOWN THE ROAD COMING OUR WAY. WE JUST DON'T KNOW IF IT'S A MINOR
4: ONE OR SUPERSTORM SANDY. WITH THE 2022 MIDTERM ELECTIONS ABOUT FIVE MONTHS AWAY, WHITE HOUSE OFFICIALS SAY THEY ARE FOCUSED ON HELPING AMERICANS AS THEY PAY MORE FOR MANY ITEMS, INCLUDING GAS. According to GasBuddy.com, the national average for a gallon is nearly $4.86 as of Monday. That's up almost $1.81 from one year ago.
0: We have a strong economy now. People are working. Inflation's a problem. I will grant you that. And we will get it under control because we're going to stick with it until we do.
4: Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says the White House considers fighting inflation a top economic priority
6: there are a number of things that the president has proposed that we do that Congress could do, lowering the cost of insulin, lowering the cost of child care, lowering the cost of housing, uh, things that would make a difference.
0: Some good news for parents whose children only drink special formula. Store shelves will be stacked with it by June 20th. That's according to Abbott, the company that makes formula. Abbott says its specialty formula production has restarted at its Michigan plant. That's the plant that was closed by the FDA after they found bacteria that can be deadly to infants. The company says it's producing formula for babies who can't tolerate other formulas right now. Then it will move on to regular formula. A federal judge signed off on an agreement in May that laid out the steps the company needed to take to restart production. Other nations have been shipping formula to the U.S. to help with the shortage. A report from the CDC says melatonin poisoning in children has risen dramatically over the past decade. The report assessed melatonin ingestion among children, adolescents, and young adults aged 19 and under between 2012 and 2021. Melatonin is a hormone that the brain produces in response to darkness, which plays an important role in sleep. It sold as an over-the-counter dietary supplement, or sleep aid, in the United States. Researchers found that accidental poisonings with melatonin among people 19 and under increased over 500% from about 8,400 in 2012 to over 52,000 in 2021. Five children required mechanical ventilation and two died. Both deaths occurred in children aged 2 and under and occurred at home. Coming up, Russian President Vladimir Putin warns the West that Russia will strike new targets if the U.S. begins supplying Ukraine with longer-range missiles. And the U.S. and South Korea launch eight missiles in a joint military exercise aimed at responding to North Korea's launch of a volley of ballistic missiles. We'll have more for you after this short break. Russian President Vladimir Putin sends out a warning to the West that Russia would strike new targets if the United States started supplying Ukraine with longer-range missiles. Meanwhile, fighting in the country's east intensifies. Entities Andrew Thomas has more.
3: Putin did not name the targets Russia planned to pursue if Western countries began supplying Ukraine with longer-range missiles. He said Western weapons supplies to Ukraine were designed to drag out the conflict.
7: If they are going to be supplied, we will make certain conclusions and use our own means of destruction, which we have enough to strike at those targets, which we have not yet been hitting.
3: Ukraine has been seeking multiple rocket launch systems to strike troops and weapons stockpiles at the Russian forces' rear. U.S. President Joe Biden announced plans this week to give Ukraine precision rocket systems after receiving assurances from Kyiv that it would not use them to hit targets inside Russia. Meanwhile, Ukrainian soldiers were manning their positions in trenches and shelters in Ukraine's Donetsk region on Sunday.
7: The situation is difficult. We're beating out the enemy that came to our land. We must push them back from our borders so that they will never come again. WHOEVER OF THEM DOESN'T WANT TO GO WILL LEAVE THIS LIFE FOREVER. WHAT THEY DO TO OUR CHILDREN AND WOMEN, HOW THEY DESTROY OUR CITIES, THEY HAVE ONLY ONE FATE, EITHER GO BACK HOME ALIVE OR IN PLASTIC BAGS.
3: THEY HAVE BEEN UNDER REGULAR FIRE FROM RUSSIAN TROOPS, BUT SO FAR, THEY WERE ABLE TO HOLD THEIR POSITIONS. UKRAINIAN SERVICEMEN SAY THEY WANT MORE weapon SUPPORT, ESPECIALLY ANTI-TANK WEAPONS, WHICH COULD HELP MAKE A DIFFERENCE.
7: What we need is support. We need more anti-tank weapons, though we have enough coming in our direction. With more anti-tank weapons, we would be able to destroy their tanks to cause maximal damage, and the enemy will be forced to flee from where they came. This is our home, our land. We will not give it away in no case. We will fight for every piece of this land.
3: Russia has concentrated its forces in recent weeks on the small eastern industrial city of Severodonetsk. After retreating in the city in recent days, Ukraine mounted a counterattack there. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
0: South Korea and the United States said they fired eight surface-to-surface missiles early on Monday. That's in response to a barrage of short-range ballistic missiles launched by North Korea on Sunday.
2: South Korea's new president vowed to take a tougher stance against North Korea, and early Monday may have been a glimpse of that approach. South Korea and the U.S. fired eight surface-to-surface missiles, a joint military exercise that was in response to the barrage of missiles launched by the North just a day earlier. South Korea's military was cited by the country's Yonhap News Agency as saying its actions demonstrate, quote, the capability and readiness to carry out a precision strike against North Korea. The South Korean President Yoon suk Yeol, who took office last month, has agreed with the U.S. to upgrade joint military drills and their combined deterrence posture. At a memorial event on Monday, he said the North posed a threat to regional and world peace.
0: North Korea's nuclear and missile threats are getting sophisticated. It fired various ballistic missiles yesterday. North Korea's nuclear and missile programs are reaching the level that threaten not only the peace of the Korean Peninsula, but also in Northeast Asia and the world.
2: North Korea has conducted a flurry of missile launches this year, but Sunday's short-range ballistic missiles were probably its largest single test to date. Washington and Seoul officials also recently warned that Pyongyang appeared ready to resume nuclear weapons tests for the first time since 2017. Last month, the U.S. called for more U.N. sanctions on North Korea, but China and Russia vetoed the suggestion.
0: Australia's defense minister is raising concerns about a dangerous incident and involved a Chinese jet intercepting a Royal Australian Air Force flight, the location over waters that China is disputing in the South China Sea.
3: I can confirm that on the 26th of May, a RAF P-8 maritime surveillance aircraft was intercepted by a Chinese J-16 fighter aircraft during what was a routine maritime surveillance activity in international airspace in the South China Sea region. The intercept resulted in a dangerous maneuver which did pose a safety threat to the P-8 aircraft and its crew. The Australian government has raised our concerns about the incident with the Chinese government.
0: The Australian defense minister says a Chinese military jet released flares as it flew close to the side of an Australian aircraft on May 26th. The jet accelerated and cut across the nose of the Australian plane. It then released, quote, a bundle of chaff which contained small aluminum pieces, some of which were ingested into the Australian aircraft's engine. The Australian crew responded by flying back to base. None of the crew were injured. The defense minister says it was quite obviously very dangerous. He stressed that the incident will not deter Australia. Three months ago, a Chinese warship pointed a laser at a Royal Australian military aircraft. And a former Australian lawmaker has won a lawsuit against Google. The ex-deputy premier of the state of New South Wales says the site allowed defamatory videos on YouTube, which ended his political career.
3: I, uh, I'm
7: happy uh, that on the record now it's clear that Google uh, allowed this to happen. Uh, I had been defamed. Uh, it was a campaign of, of abuse. Uh, especially online, um, and the racist slurs and the intrusion into my life and my home and my family uh, is something that I think today has now been cleared and, and vindicated. And
0: The court ordered Google to pay John Barillaro $515,000. He also says the YouTube user that posted the videos apologized, and that's all he had been looking for. But he says Google still continued to host the defamatory videos AND THEY ONLY removed THE VIDEOS WHEN THE COURT ORDERED IT. THE FEDERAL COURT FOUND THAT ALPHABET MADE MONEY BY BROADCASTING TWO VIDEOS ATTACKING THE FORMER DEPUTY PREMIER. ALPHABET OWNS YOUTUBE AND GOOGLE. THE VIDEOS WERE VIEWED NEARLY 800,000 TIMES. THE COURT HEARD THAT A CONTENT CREATOR UPLOADED VIDEOS IN LATE 2020. HE REPEATEDLY BRANDS THE FORMER LAWMAKER CORRUPT AND CALLS HIM NAMES ATTACKING HIS ITALIAN HERITAGE. The court said that Google had breached its own policies of protecting public figures from being unfairly treated. Barilaro quit politics a year after the vote videos were posted. Operators of the messaging app Telegram transferred personal information of its users to German federal police. It's a move that deviates from the company's earlier claims of shielding such data from governments. German media Der Spiegel says the personal data is related to users who were suspects of terrorism and child abuse crimes. However, the move comes across as a softening of the company's stance on private data. The company claims only if several court orders from different jurisdictions appear will Telegram be forced to give up data. Telegram had become very popular with protesters and activists in Germany after other social media platforms turned more compliant to government requests. And still to come, a certain film sequel is staying ahead at the box office for its second weekend in a row and find out what other films, being held, films held top box office ratings. And thousands of rowers traveled through the canals of Venice in a rowing marathon. The event was created in 1974 to raise awareness about the problems of maintaining the Lagoon City. We'll have more for you in just a minute here on NTD News. Rowers took part on Sunday in one of the most beloved regattas in Venice, the Vogologna. More than 1,700 boats set off from St. Mark's Basin to take part in the spectacular regatta, which attracts enthusiasts from all over the world every year. About 7,000 rowers, both professional and amateur, crowded the canals of Venice in the 30-kilometer rowing marathon. It was created in 1974 to raise awareness about the problem of waves afflicting the lagoon city. Over the years, the number of boats and sailors in the race has steadily increased. Participants can freely choose to take part in the competition with different types of rowing boats to enjoy the spirit of the historical event. Movies that open huge usually see their ticket sales fall by at least 50% in their second weekend out. However, a certain high-flying sequel is defying the odds and setting records. Here's the weekend box office top five.
5: I thought maybe this one.
6: It makes you look like King Zog of Albania. Downton Abbey, A New Era picked up $3 million, falling to fifth place. The bad guys are still zooming along. $3.3 million put the animated adventure in fourth place. The Bob's Burgers movie stayed in third, taking in $4.5 million. Things just got out of million kept Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in second place.
3: We're going into combat on a level no living pilot's ever seen.
6: With no new challengers, Top Gun Maverick fell just 32% in its sophomore weekend, grossing $86 million for a 10-day domestic total of $292 million, already Tom Cruise's highest-grossing film ever at the domestic box office
0: thank you so much for joining us. We're going to put our email address on screen. We'd love to hear from you. For podcasters, that's news.today at ntd.com. Until next time, Kevin Hogan, NTD News, New York City.